I'm a real supersonic, pass the ball like magic. Sean Kim or Larry Bird, the old school Mavericks. I got basketball cards, gonna sing a little more. I got basketball cards, now enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Godfather Nate Milton. And right now, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, show me your basketball cards. In the spirit of the great names of the past, like Dikembe Mutombo, and not Michael Jordan, but Baby Jordan, Harold Miner, Drazen, Arvidas, J.R. Ryder bringing that East Bay funk. I bring to you the man who met World Be Free and Danny Ferry, your host and my brother, Zaire, also known as Bandana Z. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of My Basketball Cards. This is your host, Zaire, and uh, we are here to talk about players from the early 2000s and the 1990s, players who made an impact in the league. You might not remember how big their impact was. You might not have been around during that time. You might not have been aware, or you might have forgotten, but these players during their time were like considered the stars of the league and maybe even future Hall of Famers and all of that good stuff. Um, the player we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about Sean Kemp's rookie season, which was the 1989-90 season. We have his rookie card, the 1990 Hoops rookie card, Sean Kemp, Seattle Supersonic legend. Um, before we go for a big shout out to Paris Alexa from Seattle, actually, you know what I'm saying? Um, she sings the theme song to the show and brother Nate Milton who does the show introduction. He's not from Seattle. And um here we are talking about Sean Kemp. Um for those of you, I think Sean Kemp is a name that has resonated and and has lived um beyond his NBA career. I think that a lot of basketball fans are aware of who he is, have at least heard of him. Um, but I'm sure there are many who have it. Um, the comparison of a modern player is Blake Griffin. A lot of people compare young Blake Griffin to Sean Kemp. Very tall, athletic, power forwards. I'm talking six foot ten, freakish dunking ability. Um, you know, make the crowd's jaws drop. You know, that's Sean Kemp. That was Blake Griffin as well. Sean Kemp, however, was first, and he. Uh, never played college basketball. He was supposed to go to Kentucky, but that didn't quite work out. He ended up leaving Kentucky, and when he was at, supposed to be at Kentucky, they would have had like a crazy squad with him, Rex Chapman. Um, I believe Chris Mills was there, and he ended up transferring to Arizona. Um, you know, if they could have kept that unit together, it would have been nuts for college basketball but Kentucky was kind of finding its way and later became a power again but in the 80s it was a bit controversial at that school with the issues that it had with probation and all sorts of other things so Sean Kemp um, went on to Trinity Valley Community College which was a junior college but he never played there either and so at the time, you didn't have too many guys leaving um, high school and going directly to the NBA. You had a handful of success stories. The most famous one was Moses Malone at the time, who 
never played college basketball and went on to the NBA and had a Hall of Fame career. Um, but during the 80s, it was frowned upon to leave college before your junior season, especially. Um, people felt that you just weren't ready, weren't mature enough. So Sean Kemp um, throwing his name in the in the NBA draft thing is like, it was a, a roll of the dice. However, there were people who believed in him. The Los Angeles Lakers actually, according to the stories that I think I've heard Sean Kemp tell, had him hid. Like, they were kind of trying to keep people from knowing about Sean Kemp, um, keep teams from knowing about him so that they could draft him and he could play with Magic Johnson and James Worthy and the rest of the guys. Um, and so he originally was being sought after by the Lakers. But I guess word got out. You can't keep, you know, a lid on a great thing. And he ended up getting drafted in the first round, 17th pick by the Seattle Supersonics, along with his teammate Dana Barrows, who was drafted with the next pick. Um, Seattle had back-to-back picks that season. And so Sean Kemp goes to Seattle Supersonics, there's no Gary Payton yet. Gary Payton's still in college at Oregon State. So for those of you who thought they came in as rookies together, no, Sean Kemp was a year of, ahead of Gary Payton. I believe Gary Payton was older than Sean Kemp because Gary Payton was in college when Sean Kemp um, was still in high school, I think. Um, but Gary Payton came in a year behind Sean Kemp. So Sean Kemp had seniority as far as NBA experience. Sean's rookie season, 89-90, um, he was 20 years old. I believe he was 19 when he was drafted. So, yeah, he was drafted in the 89 draft, but his birthday wasn't until November 26th. Um, and then he debuted November 3rd. So he was still 19 years old uh, for the first 20-something days of his NBA career. And his first season, the Seattle Supersonics, you know, during that time period, the Seattle Supersonics were definitely an entertaining basketball team. They had a lot of talent throughout the 80s. You, you talk about, and, and actually, let's even start before that. It's 1979, the Seattle Supersonics won the NBA championship. And that's a team that a lot of people kind of sleep on, don't remember. Um, they weren't loaded with, like, um, now they had Hall of Famers on the team, but they didn't have like superstars, faces of the league guys. They just had a really good collection of talent that had good chemistry. And these guys um, worked and grinded throughout their careers and became Hall of Famers. Um, people like Jack Sigma, people like Dennis Johnson. Um, and so, you know, throughout the 80s, Seattle usually had some really good talent on their on their squad. Tom Chambers, Dale Ellis. Xavier McDaniel uh, are like uh, all-stars who uh, played for Seattle. Anyway, uh, by the late 80s, you know, you still had Dale Ellis. You still had Xavier McDaniel uh, on the squad. And I guess, you know, they probably were looking like, well, we need some guys for the future. And Xavier McDaniel and Dale Ellis weren't old at the time, but, you know, they had been there a while. Um, Sean Kemp is selected you know, a power forward, and he's the, um, he plays 81 games that year, only starts one, and that season, Seattle actually did make it to the playoffs, and this is a Seattle squad that's usually a playoff team, however, 
it's unfortunate they didn't make the playoffs that year um, because I think there was just I don't know the, the West was super super competitive super super competitive um, during that time period you had a Utah team with a young Stockton and Malone you had a Portland Trailblazer team with uh, Clyde Drexler in his prime you had the Houston Rockets with Hakeem Olajuwon in his prime so you had you know just some talented teams um Golden State with run with run TMC, Mitch Richmond, Chris Mullet, and Tim Hardaway, all young. So you had a lot of talented squads, and you couldn't have an off night, you know. So Seattle that year, 41 and 41 during Sean Kemp's rookie year, and, and you got a team there with Dale Ellis averaging 23 points per game, with Xavier McDaniel averaging 21 points per game. Um, but they also had injury issues that year, too, with those two guys. So, um, you know, actually, in Sean Kemp's rookie season, he wasn't the team's top scoring rookie. Dana Barrels was. Dana Barrels averaged 9.7 points per game as a rookie. Uh, and Dana Barrels went on to have a, a solid NBA career. He even made an all-star team um, one season. And he, you know, had a year where he averaged 20 points per game. He was a five foot eleven guard who was very small, but capable of shooting that three-point shot. Capable, like he would have really, really fit in, in today's game uh, with his shooting ability. Um, and quickness. So, so Sean Kemp, you know, he definitely was the franchise's like um, long-term plan, but his rookie season, he had to find his way. Uh, When you look at his first six games, Sean Kemp did not average or did not score double figures until his seventh game. It was against the Washington Bullets. Uh, Seattle won by 13 points. He had 18 points, nine rebounds, and uh, shot seven for seven. That was the first game where he scored double digits. This was November 16th, 1989. And the ironic thing about that game, Seattle improved to four and four. Uh, Washington dropped to five and four. But um, actually, there was no irony in that game. I was about to misspeak. It scratched whatever I was saying. But um, that was Seattle's first, or Sean Kemp's first game scoring a double, double, uh, double figures. In that game as well, Bernard King, a uh, Hall of Fame basketball player, scored 22 points in that game to lead Washington in scoring. Um, Xavier McDaniel led the Supersonics in scoring with 26, and Dana Barrels, a rookie, had 25. So you had Sean Kemp with 18, Dana Barrels with 25 in that game. So you're looking like, okay, here's the future right here, you know. Uh, pretty cool stuff. But the rest of Sean Kemp's rookie year, you know, he, he did not have this, like, amazing rookie season. Uh, that you would think he he had. He once again he was just turned twenty years old, figuring his way out in a league that's very mature. Um, his best game his rookie season, I would say, was um a game where he scored twenty points, uh, and had seven rebounds against the San Antonio Spurs. His team lost by twenty two. But he showed, you know, flashes of what he could do. He didn't turn the ball over. Well, actually, he had two turnovers. Um, and that's one thing about Sean Kemp. Sometimes he could be a little turnover prone. Uh, but uh, he had 20.7 rebounds against San Antonio Spurs. Um, and that uh, game, he's facing off against David Robinson, who was the rookie of the year that year. And David Robinson had 39 points, 11 rebounds seven block shots. He was killing it. 
and San Antonio won that game March 20th, 1990, 128 to 106. Uh, Shock did have one double double his rookie season, and that double double was against the Sacramento Kings, where he had 10 points, 10 rebounds, and four block shots in 25 minutes of action in a 12 point win against the Kings. Now, what I was about to say, I'm going to say right now, the irony of that game is that he was going up against uh, the Sacramento Kings, who had the number one pick of the draft in Sean Kemp's draft, uh, which was the 1989 draft. And that number one pick is Purvis Ellison, who went 0 for 4 that day with one point. Purvis Ellison had um, a rough rookie season. He had an injury. Um, the press really was after him about him being legitimately injured or just dogging it. And so it was just a rough rookie year for Purvis Ellison. He only played 34 games, and he averaged eight points per game. And a lot of people thought he just wasn't happy in Sacramento, which is what led him to be traded uh, after one season there. Uh, But, yeah, Sean Kemp, he would have a happier time in Seattle, uh, would become uh, the darling of the city. And by, you know, the next season – he went from averaging 6.5 points per game as a rookie, 4.3 rebounds per game. He was not an all-rookie team member, none of that. To the next year, he's a starter. Uh, he started 66 of 81 games. He averaged 15 points, 8.4 rebounds. And after his second year for the next, uh, from 1991 92 season all the way to the 1996-97 season, Sean Kemp averaged a double-double every single one of those seasons. Uh, so, you know, best the best year you want to say individually was uh, maybe 95-96 season. He was an all-star between 92-93 to season to 97-98 season. But uh, the 95-96 season, He averaged uh, 19.6 points, 11.4 rebounds, and um, one block shot per game. Um, Also, during the 95-96 season, Sean Kemp led the Seattle Supersonics to the NBA Finals. Um, And in the playoffs, in 20 playoff games, he averaged 20.9 points per game, 10.4 rebounds, and uh, two block shots per game. He was a very sought-after piece uh, during the the prime years of his career. The Chicago Bulls often thought about trading Scottie Pippen for Sean Kemp. Um, He was just a a player that could do things that nobody else could seem to do. Um, If you know about Dominique Wilkins and his ferociousness in dunking, imagine, like, like Sean Kemp was not the player as far as um, the talented scorer that that Dominique Wilkins, and maybe, let me take this, dial this back a little bit, maybe Sean Kemp could have scored more points, however, he was on a team with Gary Payton, he was on a team with Detlef Schrempf, he was on a team with Hersey Hawkins, he was on a team with Sam Perkins, he was on a team with very capable scorers, so he didn't have to score 40 or 50 points um, to carry the load, Uh, however, you know, for historic sake, you know, Dominique Wilkins is a more prolific scorer than Sean Kemp and looked to score more than Sean Kemp did. Um, But Sean Kemp was more of this, like, uh, what do you want to call him? 
he was a raw, unfiltered type of Dominique Wilkins. Like it was like letting when he dunked, it was like letting an animal out of the cage. Like he was just too much to deal with, and he was just a physical marvel um, during his prime years. And you know, six-time All Star, just um, an amazing talent. And three-time All-NBA as well, which is something that um, I forgot to mention. Um, the All-NBA years for Sean Kemp, he was a second-team All-NBA from 1993-94 season, 94-95, and 95-96. Um, I talked about um, in an early episode when he was sent to Cleveland, and at the time I was a big Cavs fan, you know, growing up in Cleveland and all of that, so... It was like, man, I was so happy when Sean Kemp came to Cleveland and it didn't quite work out like either side would have liked. But it was just a fun moment because the Cavs weren't getting big-name guys at the time. And Sean Kemp definitely was a big-name guy. I would say overall, you know, I always talk about is somebody a Hall of Famer or not. I really believe Sean Kemp had a Hall of Fame talent. I think that um, he was on his way. But the end of his career, the last three years, he went from being a starter uh, in the 99-2000 season to um, the last three years of his career, 2000 to 2003. He, he was a reserve for the most part and underwhelming. He wasn't the same performer, uh, was overweight. Um, I think he had some issues with, with uh, substance abuse. It just kind of fell apart at the end, and it left a, a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths about, like, man, what could have been? What the heck happened to this guy? Now, what I will say, too, is that he was older. Um, now, these days, we watch players like LeBron James. They're 30 years old, and we see, oh, wow, you know, you're young still. And 30 is young. However, traditionally in the NBA, when a guy turns 30, 31, 32, 33, they're on the downside of their career, and their numbers usually drop significantly. And Sean Kemp's did. Um, another thing to think about, he was a pro at 20. So he was playing... Um, when, when most guys are in college playing 30 games or 25 games or even 20 games, he was playing 81 games, uh, 81 NBA games against grown men at 20 years old. So um, the average person that plays in the NBA does not play. Uh, what does he play? To 11, 13. He played 14 seasons, I believe. The average person doesn't play that long. Um and we talk about his 14 seasons, 10 of those 14 seasons were very productive. Uh, very, very productive. Um, six of those 14 seasons were all-star seasons, so almost half of his career was an all-star. So, you know, he definitely had had what it t- took to become a Hall of Famer. It's just the end, it just kind of got, it was just a little icky at the end. But still, um when most people remember Sean Kemp, they have fond memories, uh, especially like people that grew up in the 90s, you know, playing NBA Live with, uh, not NBA Live, uh, NBA Jam, sorry, 
You got Sean Kemp and Gary Payton, and that game was made for a player like Sean Kemp. He was the star of NBA Jam. I don't think, I think when you think of NBA Jam, Sean Kemp should be like the poster child of that game, (laughs) honestly, Um, the original one. So um, it's really cool. Like when we have memories of Sean Kemp, they are fond memories. They're not usually, we don't really, think about the bad until we dig deep and we go oh man you know yeah (laughs) but but yeah Sean Kemp one of a kind type of talent um it would be so cool to see him in today's game getting um the accolades and the fame that he could get today and I think he did good for himself during the time that he played but now you know the game is just all over the world and social media is just big and he would just be a meme every night on Twitter, uh, a meme of excitement, you know. So um, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Um, one, one, another cool fact about uh, my um, about Sean Kemp, he actually was the first Cleveland Cavalier to start an All Star game. That is a fact that a lot of people would not guess. They probably would guess LeBron James. And maybe they would think that um, one of their stars prior to LeBron James um, got an opportunity to start. But no, the first ever Cleveland Cavalier to start in an All-Star game was Sean Kemp in 1998. So that's a cool fact right there. He had 12 points and 12 rebounds in that game as well. So it was um, the only All-Star performance where he got a double-double. So that's pretty cool. So thank you for tuning in to my basketball cards that was an episode about Sean Kemp's rookie season. Once again, wasn't the greatest rookie year in the world. No, but he went on to become um, just one of the staples of the NBA over the next decade. Um, and it was really fun to watch his career blossom. Tune in to my basketball cards on the next episode. Um, and also follow us on Twitter at Rebel Life Media. Thank you very much.